everybody. Welcome back to Witch Sweat. I'm your host, Melissa Word, and this week in the studio, we have an amazing human, Marlo Fiskin, world-class athlete, pole dancer, movement artist, and maybe most importantly, certainly what we really dig into in this episode is her relationship to education and how her enormous gift movement ability, power, fame, is all really in service to helping others and being of service to others and helping her audience feel like they have just an ounce more capacity to be in their bodies and feel their bodies. I'm so excited to bring you this episode. Marlo is truly such a generous human being, is a total silly goose, an epic delight, and is also a fellow word wordsmith word wrangler and that's something we also talk about later in the episode is how the power of language can really help activate a different visceral quality in our bodies which is especially helpful when we're faced with having to do difficult things so if you find anything delicious delightful titillating in this episode i encourage you to write me DM me, send me an email, let me know what is really sticking out to you. And of course, as always, sending along to a friend, subscribing, reviewing, all of that good stuff. It really means a lot. Okay, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. I give you Marlo Fiskin. Marlo, you're on the radio. You're live in the studio across many time zones with me. Um, I will have already done a fun intro on the front end of this, um, but I think I will start introducing you by just gushing for a moment and telling you how I engage with your work, um, okay. <laughs> and then you can use the words that you love to describe what you are currently doing in the world. All right. I found you... Uh, I was sent you... I feel like so many people probably come to your work because a buddy, like messages another buddy like look at this crazy shit on instagram this woman is like a just a marvel of human activity um 2020 my buddy who was getting deep into pole was like this lady is my hero and um obviously it's like yeah wow as a, a dancer a mover and embodied person it's like this is so fun to uh like less in the marvel-y kind of way but just like oh like yeah let me like see what I can learn or like um notice the full capacity right see the dogs I knew this would happen yes mm -hmm. um but what I immediately noticed is that the way that you engage with um with the movement world is less like look at me I am an icon of ability and flowability but you like everything you produce on the internet at least this was my very first um like uh awareness is like hey I can do all these wild and crazy tricks and plot twist you also have a body person who's on the other end of this screen <laughs> And my job is to like less 
pushing you away with my ability, which I think can happen, right? Like we put people on a pedestal when they like can do cool tricks, um, but it's like a, a pulling people closer to you to say like, wherever you are in relationship to your body, uh, like, how are you living in your body? How are you experiencing your body? And guess what? Like, there's more. Wherever you are, there's like deeper layers of access, possibility, play, and probably cool tricks too. Um, but like, and so that immediately resonated with me because I'm I'm not a person who gets on a pole. Um, I have tried a couple of times in a friend's apartment and it's hilarious. Um, but I just, yeah, maybe, uh, we can like, that's not really an intro, but that's just me saying, um, I think that's extremely unique. It's one of the reasons I'm very excited to talk with you because you, you really didn't necessarily go down this path. that was like, I have mad skills and abilities. Let me become a pop star icon of the movement world. I mean, you kind of maybe have in some ways, but like, um, it's less look at me and more like, look at you, look mm. what we can do, look at how I can invite you into more of you. Um, so yes. Hi, Marlo. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you know, the, the best that stuff or just tell us, <laughs> tell us, um, what you're, what you're, how you come to this path so far yeah um I mean I'll, I'll say I, I I appreciate being seen in that way because that really aligns with what I hope for and it wasn't always that way I have been you know doing various movement things at a high level for a long time now and there was a time when all I knew coming from dance was like be far from your audience and present mm -hmm. yourself. And so in the earlier days of social media, that's what it was as a teacher, you know, I'm, I'm distant and I'm instructing, uh, as I, as I perform some movement, you know, there's a, there's a distance and I might self-reflect in what I say about it, but it isn't, it's like, here's a thing of me, would you like it? And, um, I, I think I, I, a number of things led to that shifting, but you know, one that I think really launched it was that I've, I've taught movement for a long time. So even when I was a teenager, I was like teaching dance and started to get actually paid to teach movement early on. And I knew that was what I wanted to do, but maybe in my mid twenties, I was hearing that a lot of people were intimidated by me, mm. like, and not once they were in the room with me, but like prior to being in the room with me because of what they had seen, you know, they're like, or that in, they think like the presentation on social media or even within a studio, if someone's like that person is excellent and they keep themselves apart, they corral themselves in their like, <laughs> I'm a professional. I have okay. knowledge. Um, it's, it's harmful for yeah. both sides yeah, because a lot of, a lot, you know, a lot of high level movers kind of feel really isolated from other people. Um, after spending so much time maybe developing their craft, they, they, I know a lot of people that are like <laughs> long-term just crisis surrounded, mm. like, what else am I? What else am I? And like, I'm, I'm no, like I am love to nothing. Nothing brings me like more joy and more presence and even like more flow than when I get to be in a room with people and really like 
improvise a movement experience. We're there to learn something, but like how we get there is like totally wild ride of of co-creation, even if it is Mm. a skill. And I Mm -hmm. love that realm. It's like improv comedy meets acrobatics, (laughs) you know, and it's so, so fun for me. Um, and you know, in order for it to be great for all of us, I, I, the less that people show up expecting you to be horribly intimidating, the better it goes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think there's so also so much of the work that I do with people is having to redirect the way they gaze at movement, other people's movement, their own movement. And, um, by showing up in a way that is like trying to serve, even while showing something that people might say, wow, that's spectacular. Their first reaction is, wow. Like if I can't figure out something about it that I feel like is helpful beyond just impressing, then I'm, I'm really Uh hesitant to share it. And that's Uh changed. I used to, I used to share a lot more of me moving, but I, I, I sometimes take no joke years to figure out what I'm going to say about something where I feel like it's, I'm positioning it in a way that's more of service to more people. Mm, mm, so that mm. does slow my content production uh, quite a bit, you know, but, <laughs> uh-huh. um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm navigating that because uh, it doesn't, it doesn't really feel good for me either. And actually, I mean, what you just said, if, if, if some, if you share something and you're going to get some feedback that could potentially make you feel good, you know, uh, just somebody saying like, wow, that was really cool. Or that was that I appreciate it, but it doesn't land. Like when somebody said like, wow, you see me or like mm-hmm. getting to getting inside your, your mind as you do this is, is like waking something up in me. That's the kind of like interaction and effect that I hope to have. Mm, 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 mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Deep. Yes. Profound. Yes. Um, you are articulating some, yeah, like a, a really, I mean, we're talking loosely, I guess, about Instagram or social media and how we present ourselves on the internet. But to me, this, uh, you're speaking to a larger sort of um, fissure in my own development as like a classically trained dancer who from like we baby, baby age, who like my job was to wrangle and snatch the body for the spectacle, for the presentation, Mm -hmm. for the impressiveness, right? And like being in my early 20s and having the crisis of like, wow, how is it that I've been in a dance studio for like 1 trillion hours and I'm maybe more disembodied than anybody out here, right? And so that sort of um, having that initial crisis of like, well, gosh, how did that happen that, you know, you could spend so much time with the body and actually not be in the body? Um, mm-hmm. And I think something about that is really paralleling with, um, you know, presenting oneself on the internet to impress and be a spectacle versus, um, yeah, h- how to like connect, how to genuinely connect. And I think you're also speaking to like what it brings up is just the larger sort of crisis that uh, I know it's sort of like a boring topic at this point of like how social media is like poisoning our minds and bodies and spirits, but um, which I don't fully think is true, but 
if the majority of people are making content from this like hungry ghost place of like wanting to be liked, wanting to be loved, like what you said earlier of like um, your early days of like, okay, I'm going to put something on the internet. Do you like it? Like, do you like me? That's a, it's a transactional, right? It's wanting something from the audience um, versus, yeah, that way of gifting. It feels Mm -hmm. like, oh, actually my existence that happens to be spectacular and a spectacle is perhaps a gift to you because I'm not looking for like this transactional um, likability, which brings me to a question. Um, I don't know if you are still fully doing it or if it's just kind of an ongoing, like lifelong practice at this point. Um, But I initially reached out to you of like, hey, Marla, let's hop on the mics because I want to hear you speak about what you're observing with this story practice, this practice you have in your Instagram stories, um, Hmm. where you are going to very traditional movement spaces, aka gyms, perhaps, or you're out in public and you are, uh, you are pulling a full assault and affront to very rigid, linear and expected ways of moving. Um, you call these assorted wiggles, a, a wiggle practice of assorted names. You are also incredibly playful with your language, which I think helps with the, um, the comedy to, to like soften the, the seriousness with people. Um, and then you're reposting like hundreds and maybe thousands at this point of people being like, I'm doing the thing that Marlo taught me how to do, which is to be free and to like swish my pelvis at the gym or like (laughs) think of all of these um these like really rigid like super intimidating uh structures at the gym like the actual equipment that's the word the equipment (laughs) and like (laughs) use it as if it were a playground and you're five and like fuck the gym bros who might look at you funny um but yeah so my question is maybe tell us anything that you love about that practice and also what are you observing like in your DMs when people mm-hmm. are like responding to you? I I have to open with the the vision that just came to me it was like, let me have a gym for like a day or a couple hours, and I get to direct people on a oh. gym experience. Raw. Where it's like I love what did you call them? The what did you architectures, structures? Oh yeah. <laughs> Go to the structures <laughs> around you. And like, you know, like anything but the expected, anything but the expected Uh, and like take people through that, you know, because it it, it does have this uh, edginess on social media, like, oh, look at this person breaking the norms. But to me, it's just like obvious, like what may led to proficiency uh, on the pole or led to proficiency on the floor is asking a number of questions. Like how can I play with forces at this angle? Um, Mm. This has become immobilized. What can I still move here? Mm. How can I create more articulation while I'm doing this or um, create a, like magnify the challenge of that I'm experiencing. And those are just like the, the, the prompts of engaging with the body with, any apparatus, but when we get in the gym, there's a uh, culturally assigned, mm. like narrow prescription of so what we're supposed to do with it. 
so narrow. Um, and so I, 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 I love playing with, um, others and myself that way, but I, I, I do like to work on strength and I do like to lift weights and only doing that. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just call it, it creates the stiffening, oh. the stiffening of oh. <laughs> tissue wise, perhaps perspective wise. Oh. Um, Preach. I feel it. So, so as I, as I do those, those sorts of things in between, I'll wiggle and writhe and and I'm just kind of asking ultimately like there's a request that's happening that's like hey tissues you can you can be anabolic like you can add some mass you could get like stronger and you can still glide and like you can still have pliability and I I want you to be able to have um both of those it able to oscillate between them because what tends to happen when we like get stronger add add the ability to better like stabilize and restrict movement is that it's harder to snap into, you know, like suppleness, jellyfish mode, mm. harder to oscillate the bigger mm. the range. So as I, as I do, I, I practice that as much as I can bringing those two things into a, a single session of movement rather than really separating them, which is often what happens. People are like I'm working on strength and now I'm working on, you know, flexibility. Narrow. And even within what's often called um, mobility training today, which is, you know, go, taking your joints to their full ranges of motion and being able to express, um, control there. I, I hear people use that word like express often, but it's interesting mm. because sometimes it still is like, there's an aspects of the expression are still rarely there. Like if you don't, if you're not truly playing with it, if it's, if it's like, I'm supposed to play with my shoulder because Otherwise I'll lose the capacity to move my shoulder. You're not going to mm. get to come to the same probably variety of conclusions as if you really just like go have a jolly time, <laughs> have a jolly old time in there. Bring um, jolliness yeah. to the gym, please. Jolly at the gym. That's it. That's the class. That's, That's it. Gym jollies. Yeah. Gym oh, jollies. Yeah, gym owners out there in the ethers yeah. tuning in. Head up Marlowe. <laughs> Let me take over pop-up workshop. Um, which to some people they'd probably been I've I've ruined my gym, but I what what bringing it back to the DMs, what I hear people say is like I like struggle to go to the gym because of the culture. It's I mean, besides being like very binary, heteronormative kind of vibe, most places, you know, it's so there there's there's ways that that women and ways that men go and dress and behave and oh, um yes it's it sometimes it's still really strong in some places where a lot of people feel uncomfortable just mm -hmm. being them just being anyone anywhere on any spectrum <laughs> is like i don't feel comfortable here because of the energies that are that are there so they say seeing you play makes me realize that oh maybe i could do that or I did that at the gym and it felt so much better to be there. So I gave that a try. Mm. Sometimes people are afraid of um, how usually men will look at them or perceive them when they work out. And I, I've been in places where I don't feel as free to, to like, I'll call it wiggle or be really experimental. Um, certainly many times in my life, outside and in gym, certain parks, I'm like, well, this is not a place to, you know, reveal 
my expressiveness or like yeah. let my, that yeah. be that it becomes because it becomes a spectacle and yeah. I don't that's not what I'm interested in uh but I do get get real joy from body questing mm, and come on body questing <laughs> we're just naming our roster this is this is correct so correct <laughs> curriculum we're just laying yeah, out the curriculum <laughs> for the university that's coming soon mm. um yeah mm. but not not everywhere feels feels safe to do that but i, I do still, still think even if it's not outwardly uh doesn't look like wow that really doesn't fit into the norm here still the kind of inner experience you're having while doing I'm just going to say a squat there's a there's a level of focus and attention to our moving body that is a cultural norm and like going beyond that norm of attention like what how much you're willing to like go in I mean it was just maybe yesterday that I realized I was like I found this one spot on my side butt that I was like, I don't know if I've ever really felt this kind of opening when I'm, when I was getting in it and I'm like 40 years old now. And I'm like, you know, just yesterday, I really took some time to like, <laughs> uh, like orchestrate my body in a way that I could feel a particular set of my tissues, like, like lengthening under load. Mm. And it took so much focus and so much time and learning. But if I was just focused on doing eight reps three times in a row, you know, I'll, I'll never get oh. to find that. And so that's the repping and setting is, is a great motivational tool. I think, uh, I, I catch myself pushing in ways that are beneficial by having some numerical parameters for the work. Um, mm. but then again, it can also distract you from maybe you need to do less than that number, because if you really, really, really focused on what you were doing, it completely changes the input. Mm. becomes really intense or you need 17 times that number turns out actually mm. <laughs> whatever it is but yeah that seems um that feels like it harkens back to what I was saying earlier about um rigorous dance training like ballet all the you know the forms that require such a rigor um where you're like hmm I'm doing the thing I'm putting the work in but am I really listening do I actually know how to what it even means to listen. Like, I imagine that there will be some people who are tuning in and to hear you describe, like, I am 40 years old. I'm a person who is like very intimate with my body. And there's still like the side, butt yeah, is an unknown territory for me. And I, <laughs> I am going to just, I'm sensing that there may be someone who's listening. Who's like side, butt. fuck, I don't like I don't know any of this stuff. I don't know what any of this stuff is doing inside of me. And um, so I'm curious about, like, obviously you have many movement practices and you've been training in a, a myriad of ways forever, but like, what, like, what do you think, I'm trying to formulate the very specificness and nuance of this question. Um, like, what are some of your practices that you come back to that help you cultivate that deep listening? Hmm. The, the first answer, I, I feel in my belly, I like a disappointment that it doesn't feel uh, original and it's like constant influx of new music. Oh, yeah. New, okay, correct. You know, new yeah, sound, 100%. but it really does it. It like, it make, it, it makes me listen. 
Like, what am I, what am I, what's the, what am I overhearing here? So, um, because for me, actually, I, 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 from listening to music is like a map to myself that, and also without both having the practice of, of not allowing there to be some, uh, an outer, like a, music is a strong, very strong outside influence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you're not even allowed to listen to music in some competitive sports because it's considered a performance advantage. So, oh wow, like, yeah, like mm-hmm. track and field, you can't. It, it's it it can affect your performance too greatly. Wow. <laughs> so, so to to of that course. is a, it's powerful and, uh, but it can also direct our experience, um, in ways that might leave some of the things that are like really down there simmering unnoticed because we're mm. we there's there's like a sense of obligation to honor music but that's where I, I love that like if i just come into agreement with the song like all right for this whole track no matter and it doesn't matter how i i like it doesn't matter how i feel about what i'm hearing my my job is to like respond to it with some gesture, some pattern, some oscillation that reflects what I'm hearing. Um, and that, that always tends to restore my like Mm. joy of movement. And ultimately like, that's when I go, Oh yeah, like this is dancing, not being able to perform a thing, but that uh, engagement, because it's really also quite humbling when Mm. maybe you hear a song and it's like, okay, this is, this is bringing this sort of like lateral pulse into my chest, but I'm a little off pitch. Like my gesture is still like a little flat or something. And so I kind of have to like keep, stay with a, stay with a pattern of movement, um, not needing to move on from it until you feel like you've really found resonance with what you're listening to. And that's also like a big difference between, you know, more, more traditional and vernacular and dance forms and then like performance concert dance it's like let me pack in all the stuff and keep the story going and show you all the different things versus like mm. coming into a relationship with a piece of music and um staying mm. staying in listening mode which might mean that there's a lot less changing and there's a lot less embellishing mm. mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so that keeps my joy of movement mm. alive and having mm-hmm. so having an influx of new music does get me excited about that. I love that. I think that's very real. That is not an unoriginal answer. I think that's just um, a deep and profound truth. And I think that makes it feel more accessible. It's not like you're, you're tapping into some like really inaccessible magic sauce that only Marlo has. Right. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, for people who like, I'm, I'm asking because like I, so the, I teach in Atlanta, a, community movement class. And when I initially started it, I was like, oh, well, I'm leading a something that has the word movement in it. So likely, and because it's my community, probably only like trained dancers, air quotes, will be the people who show up because that is very mm-hmm. often um, who comes to things that smell of dance, right? That it's only <laughs> for certain people, right? Yes, um, the scent of dance. The scent of dance. Uh, it's a strong <laughs> one. Uh and that has not been the experience. Um, it is called Crybaby Dance Club, and it's really meant to be a way to move through complex m- emotions and intensity that builds up in the body. And 
aha, it can be like experienced through movement and like, right, flushed through or, or just listened to. Um, and it is mostly not capital D smelling of dance, dance people. Um, <laughs> and so I'm, I like, you know, it's been, you know, like six months now. And I'm like, wow, it's like really just continues to be remarkable of like a lot of the feedback that I get uh, after class is, is a really hearing. Um, I feel like now the people who are really engaging with my work are the people who are like, I know that there is so much in here, but I feel locked behind this um, wall of fear, of tension, of awkwardness. And it's like, I know that there is this expansive, powerful wingspan, both energetically within me, um, but I just don't actually know how to, to be in my body. And mm -hmm. all of that is to say that, like, I think you naming music as your way of, like, you will put on a song or multiple songs. Actually, will you just sort of describe, like, the kind of nuts and bolts of your personal practice when you're... Um, wiggling in a studio by yourself yeah. yeah um well I I get this feeling like oh I'm gonna put on music I should warm up and then this other power like grabs me and it's like you will not warm up <laughs> you are you're putting your camera on right now and you were recording this from the beginning oh um cool. and that's how it goes, you know, there, and what uh, there's has to be like an agreement to myself, like keep it cool. Because if, if a song does come on that excites me, I have had a history of them going a little too wild too soon, <laughs> you know, still all these years later. Um, but I think, you know, the <clears throat> thing to remember is that this notion of a warm up that a lot of people have about what it is and what it should be is one of their blocks to being able to enjoy and express themselves through movement. And the truth is that you just get gradually, gradually ease yourself into what you're doing that is warming up, you know? And so that that's, that's what I do, put it on. But often uh, by the second to third song, sometimes I'm replaying a song that often happens. Cause like in that first kind mm -hmm. of like groove through, I'm like, Oh, there's more here. I need to hear it again. And by that, like second, third, I'll usually, if it was a longer session, probably do what feels like the richest of my movements. Because in that beginning, I, it's, it's like my expectations are quieter. When I get warmer mm. and start to have access to maybe more of my like skills that I've trained years ago and like they need more time the, the, for, for greasing up my expectations about mm. my own movement start to get larger. And then I'm like searching for tricks. That makes sense. Mm. So it's <laughs> when I'm not quite fully warm that I'm really working with what I've got. And that's when things tend to, to you know, flow the best. But then maybe fast forward to some other breaking point that rarely happens because I'm alone. And there's a number of women behind me doing step aerobics and jumping rope. It's kind of loud or like, I'm afraid to turn my music up. But if I really had my, this is the local gym. You know, if I was in a studio, maybe, and I wasn't alone, you get to this other breaking point where you're like, I'm tired and I'm done. And I'm like, just one more time. And then that, you know, that last song, when you've, you've kind of, you've 
you've crashed a little, you've crashed and you like resource something else tends to also be kind of rich and raw, but Mm. yeah, I, uh, I don't warm up (laughs) in the traditional (laughs) sense. You get gradually sweatier and more lubricated in the joints. Gradually Mm. sweatier, gradually Mm. sweatier. Um, yeah, I'll say, you know, in case anyone's like hearing this, like, I'd like to try that things that, that tend to interfere with the process, or if I don't have some music kind of readily available and I'm looking for songs, like that's the wrong time to be in the like song quest mode because mm-hmm. I mean, look, thank, thank you, Spotify and SoundCloud and their recommendations. Cause sometimes I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Those are all mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm, if I'm hitting play and I'm like, I don't feel it, I don't feel it two things might be happening. One is I should get over not feeling it and do it anyway, because more important is that I'm moving than I'm Mm -hmm. liking the song. Mm. That's like Mm -hmm. the priority. I'm not creating a performance. I, my, my job is to, to move. And maybe, maybe there's something about what I don't like in that song that could actually be, um, could bring up something interesting in my own movement. Like, let's say there's like some kind of synthesized sound that feels a little like squeaky and I'm like oh that's actually this weird like upper clavicle roll when I try to honor it you know so Mm. I'll that can be part of a there could be something beneficial there beautiful yes I love the Spotify song algorithm as like divination tool (laughs) body divination (laughs) tool (laughs) I'm calling to the, to the algorithm. Um, yeah. and I, luckily I get great options because I use these services a lot. When I, when people, when they take my classes, they're like, your music, what are your music? Do you make playlists? And you know, mm-hmm. it's just because I'm, I've been in a habit of listening to music for so long and letting them know what I like, that it mm-hmm. continues to send more my way. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> it's incredible. A personal assistant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so fabulous. So, so that does play a decently big role um and I also it. think that like you speaking about this example of of the song like eh, fussiness I certainly in my personal movement practice have engaged the fussy next 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 button yeah um and I I I am also aware of the moments when I'm like what am I actually avoiding here what am I actually running from probably it's just myself um And I'm interested to hear you speak about, I wrote here in my little notebook next to me, the word threshold, where Mm -hmm. I think kind of all of the stuff that we're really talking about makes me think of um, uh, like a a threshold with much friction or like uh, whether it's like a threshold that is very high or there's just lots of sandpaper over it. It seems like for the broader culture and even for people who are movement people, I'll speak for myself. I'll speak from the eye Um, that there's, there's still this threshold that it takes to come out of like brain land, moving through the world as a floating head and be like, okay, it is time to get into the body. It is time to not warm up, warm up. It's time to pay attention to my body. It's time to move and wiggle that on different days, there are varying degrees of like the the crunchy threshold it's like I don't want to you were even speaking about it with like people who are in your dms being like I don't like going to the gym threshold because of silly bro culture or 
some other thing that trips me up from doing the thing that I want to do, which is to be more in my body. Um, so I'm just going to sprinkle the word threshold here. And if you want to pick that up and run with it in any way. Yeah. I, that, that brings me to, you know, when I'm more on like the weight room floor, that's what I am exploring is what's familiar, what's comfortable. And let's get out of that. Mm. a little bit more with load you know it's not not a matter of like expressing yourself Mm -hmm. in in that way it's like you can sense it there's a there's a resistance there's a desire to stop and like go just like push against those bound massage those boundaries and and make them (laughs) a little bigger I'm air gesturing and like widening my bubble it's good um yeah that's that I mean, that's really what you know training and adaptation requires of us. And um, I get to train teachers often, and there's a phrase that that I've been asked about and get said is like, you know, do what's comfortable for you. That sometimes as an invitation to people in usually in like uh, an attempt to help people honor their bodies. Mm-hmm. but you know what happens if we just do what's comfortable is that your capacity actually dwindles mm. you know? wow. and so there's that right. that find the finding there's being able to really deal with a sensation and go like is that a sensation that is saying stop because it feels like it would cause me problems later today and down the road. Is that why? Like it's, there's a sharp pain in my joint space, you know, or is it, there's just like this general kind of ebbing, like, "Ah, I don't like this feeling or like a a hotness or any of those. Cause Mm. those are, those are really good ones to dialogue with, spend some time with. Are you sure about that? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure you don't have one more? Let's start one more and see if there's one more. Mm. You know, um, mm. so mm. those are mm. that's that's that. And I, I actually, I, I kind of long to. I, I'm kind of doing it through the work of pole, but I, I, I really would like to get to train some some of the more typical movements, like strength wise, with these sort of questions to guide people into them because it's people, the, the primary mode of body education that move adult movement get is they go into some sort of like fitness endeavor. And then, then they go to some other class that's labeled mind body, but it's usually still mostly instructional mm-hmm. and not based on asking questions to get to know and expand uh, a threshold. Mm. Mm. This is truly radical. This is really radical, right? Because I mean, what you're suggesting, I refer to this in myself in the the micro of what we're talking about with movement, but also in the macro of like larger ways of moving through the world as the discomfort spectrum of like, where are you? Like, is this a boundary? Is this sensation saying stop? 
is the sensation saying it's it's all uncomfortable it's all discomfort uh but like getting that literacy and that mm-hmm. nuance to be able to discern the difference between when do i need to push myself or when am i like under the influence of late stage capitalism that is like saying i should try one more because i'm my value and worth as a human is tied up into how productive and will I like stay the course and I'm ambitious? Um, it's complicated. Like what you're describing is complex as fuck and mm-hmm. pulls all the like psycho spiritual and political influence um, into the room as well, which is yeah, not surprising. It does. Yeah, it's 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 everything. It is an it is an everything within that within a pull up. You know, everything is there in the world. Mm. <laughs> Why are why are we doing this to ourselves? Um, but I mean, from from my personal experience, like it has. There are very few times when I've like kind of asked myself to go a little further that I'm like, and I actually asked, and when I asked myself to go further, and it was a bad idea. It's not like I need to do this because I want it on video. That's a fucking bad idea. That's a bad idea when it's like, I can do this thing. I, I need to show it. It's like a, it's like mm. a need, a grasping is yes. different than like, like, come on, you have one more in you. Like that kind of dialoguing, it's, it is, it feels good when on the other end of it. And so, I mean, that might be sometimes if people are going like, I'm done pushing myself. I think that there's different ways to do that. And, mm. um, if we want to expand our capacity to be stronger and I'm, I'm very interested in, um, you know, I don't even want to say aging, (laughs) progressing through life (laughs) and continuing to move well. Mm, mm, mm. My mother is, my mother's 80. She's disabled. She hasn't been able to walk for over 20 years, more than a couple steps. And, you know, she was never, never really active. And, um, you know, even last night she's, she's dealing like when she stands up, uh, a bit, her lower abdomen is so clamped and clenched and she's always out of breath and she's always anxious. Mm. Many years ago, she had an extensive abdominal surgery and, um, you know, basically like her organs, like they like did the whole bottom half of her trunk. Like there is not really oscillation there. Mm. And, um, I suggested, I was like, cause she's asking like, Oh God, I feel like I can't digest and this. And I'm like, do you ever rub your belly? You know, you ever like rub it. And her, her answer came to like, I just want to know what's going to work. And hmm. I was like, well, mm-hmm. you know, you have to m- maybe spend a little time, um, getting a little bit of movement in that area and you're going to get some information about what's working and what's not working. But, you know, that's, that is a common perspective. Like, I don't want to try it. I just want to know what's going to work. And of course she doesn't trust me because I'm not an expert. It has to be somebody else, uh, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> mom, but you know, I, that perspective, like somebody else has to tell me how I'm going to fix this thing being me, me being the thing to get fixed and then not a life of movement. And I, um, with great empathy for her also don't want that for myself or (laughs) for anyone to, Mm. you know, have a condition that, that gets worse because of not 
being mm, you know it's just really struggling to spend time to get to know what what is changeable here yeah very interested in that mm. Mm, mm. wow I, yeah it's like another kind of a threshold that's like outsourcing the experience of your body to someone else and to put mm-hmm. in the the expertise in someone else's hands whether that's a medical professional yeah. or or yeah even just what, how we kind of started this conversation of like outsourcing the value of your body the experience of joy of your body of like I can only experience joy if people on the internet like, like the pictures of my body, right. Or like the videos of my body. Like that's a, a very common way to engage with the body of like, I will take hot pictures of myself, give it to the internet, outsource the validity and value of it by hoping to receive a lot of, um, a lot of likes back. I think that's just such a common way to to experience the body mediated by other people. Um, I would love to close out this convo with kind of a a curveball question, although it's not, it's kind of feels like it's in the room already, even if we're not articulating it yet. But um, so this podcast is really interested in the intersection of intuition, creative practice, spiritual practice, and how it all lives and swirls within the body. Um, you used this phrase earlier, I wrote it down, the other, pa- this, there's this other power that sweeps in when you're like not warming up, warming up. Um, <laughs> and I'm curious to hear to the extent that you want to of like how your own like spiritual self-inquiry is moving within your relationship to movement, your relationship to your body. Um, yeah, I, I feel like you've flagged a couple of things about like, uh, I can't remember who the author was, but like some some very woo adjacent texts regarding like what's happening in your tissues, what's happening in the fascia. Uh, yeah, yeah, so to the degree that you feel excited to, to speak on that, I would love to hear you riff. Hmm. Let's see. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go to that. What I, what I said, I feel like, don't you like, no, you, you need to do this. Um, I, I, with, with, with avoiding a warm up. <laughs> it's just like in, in an instant, I can feel like you don't need that. You're ready. You have everything you need to do. Just go in and do the thing. And that's um, some sort of, flotation device (laughs) call it my Mm. spirit (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know that's kind of like guided me through life to continue doing always my the things that are my you know quote war are have like always been exactly what I want to be doing and I think that's just like following where excitement and intrigue and there's charge and for me like those sorts of things like feeling particularly alive I mean that's like some Mm. that is spirit I don't really label anything that I do as like this is my spirituality practice like I don't (laughs) you know it it actually feels like mysterious and even confusing for me when things are labeled that way Um, I haven't aligned with it and then yet if I step into some 
experience or space that maybe someone calls that and then they guide a thing. I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. But it's somehow, you know, just the labeling of it. I'm like, I don't know what that means. And um, and it might be just because if, if it's that sense of like life force coursing through your body, maybe because that's just like very familiar to me or to go outside and like feel the energy of a space to go in a room and, and feel through its shapes, its light, what's been going on there and like be sensitive to that. That's just, to me, it's like, oh, that's just how it is. So mm-hmm. it's almost confusing when, when I get like the label. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but going outside often more here because I am in a, I'm in a very challenging day-to-day situation, which mm. because of the challenging situation, it's like, oh, this is, this is work. Like the deep work has to come out like constant, constant checking. You were just energetically assaulted. How are mm. you responding? Like mm. hours a day in a caretaker role, um, which sometimes is give it right back and sometimes is more spacious but in some ways like that is my my practice is maybe a lot less of the warm-up and like in the the in the the, (laughs) with the boxing ring (laughs) right now I'm in the ring you know and Uh, actually I'm actually in a program right now that is around like somatic coaching and and they were like you know people want to like journal and do the meditation but like that's not where you actually put it in practice uh-huh. it's you know it's uh-huh. putting it in practice is when you're doing your movement and on like how are you there for yourself how are you treating yourself how are you being to your family even when they're being hard or um you get the opportunity to be outside do you be with outside do you be outside or are you not you know those those things which by no means am i even good at but i practice noticing it asking the question and readjusting and Mm. that's that's the where it shows up just this morning I picked up a bunch of trash from the nature reserve behind the house I just went out there because I felt and Mm -hmm. uh and then I started paying attention I was like why are there all these empty bean cans why are there bean cans in the plants and you know pick them up and um yeah that I felt that, that combination of frustration, just like why it was there. And then like a sense of, oh, thank you. Thank you place for, for being there. And I had a little moment to take care of you. And mm. yeah. So mm-hmm. those are just some ways, I guess it shows up. Mm-hmm. I love that you're speaking about the boxing ring as like, um, <laughs> it makes me think of, um, I won't be able to speak about it per- particularly intelligently because I don't know too much about it, but I read an article one time about um, this Buddhist concept of the charnel ground, which is like this intersection. It's a compost heap essentially, but it's this um, mythological place where like all of the dead gets buried in this kind of like one heap and it's this like way station of coming and going. It's this intersection of roads. It's this place where like much goes to die. And it's like this open wound in the earth that is also um, 
Yeah, like traffic and movement is happening in this place. And it's, of course, because we know what compost heaps are for. It's like the most fertile place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting that you're bringing into this conversation, like you're a different kind of rigorous practice that you are in right now, like the grinding of what it means to uh, care for someone else and to uh yeah to have like your energetic life force that you cultivate in all of your ways be sort of siphoned off for the perhaps hopefully (laughs) hopefully the benefit of someone else but sometimes it's like I've been in a position like that before and sometimes you're just like is this even like what are we doing here do I even am I helping really sometimes it just is like Am I just adding fuel to the fire? What is, what is happening? Um, But for that to be sort of a charnel ground of, um, yeah, a a place that on the surface is like, wow, it smells here. There is much that is like festering and like fermentation is happening here. This is not particularly a pleasant place. There's literal fermentation happening in the kitchen on a lot of days, but (laughs) But I take care of it. (laughs) And I ask myself, how could I make cleaning up filth interesting? Mm. It's a real question. I mean, and I'm not always there. Sometimes I'm like, oh, again. And then sometimes I'm like, okay, well, is there a way that you could make this interesting? Let's examine our, let's examine hip flexion glide (laughs) as we bend forwards or like, Mm. like, you know, notice just noticing how I'm moving as I do it. It makes it interesting. That's my, my primary world. Make it a study. Ah, you're like gamifying the unpleasantness through engagement, like a playful joyful jolly I don't know that I'm at the like it's not playful jolly most of the time because it's it's real it's real grody sometimes but I am like I'm gonna do this left-handed you know like what which is not my dominant hand is something that I would typically do right-handed and just like letting it be interested in the physical challenges that can that can arise or take note of it um uh, you know okay for example on my birthday, my mom, I, like I was just coming up the stairs and she popped the confetti, which was like this really loud bang on the confetti on a floor that is filthy. And so now we're like a month and a half later and I'm hand scraping confetti off the floor, which I'm like, it was not a gift to me to uh-huh. <laughs> confetti on a sticky, gross ground that now I have to hand scrape them because you want the floor clean, you know, but I'm like, but then it's, but then I'm like finding the humor. I'm like that. I can't like one day as I, if I craft this story of like all of the layers of things on this floor and the like scraping of confetti, I'm oh. like, there's something beautiful there already. Like, because they're, they're really, uh, strong images that are happening when I'm up there in intensity that they're that they're they're good stories I know that and so sometimes I start to think about what those what the what it is as a story rather than like this is my stuckness yo okay I mean this conversation I am enjoying go on for days well (laughs) no what I was gonna yes of course and but I'm like if nothing else happened it's this piece right here because Mm -hmm. 
what you are suggesting that I'm just going to reflect it back to you and, and for our audience that like, because it sounds like this is something so natural for you. So you probably don't necessarily think twice about it, but like to hear you describe this um, tactic and strategy for yourself, it's like you're offering a secret door out of victimhood mentality, which I know that's sort of a charged phrase, but like the the phrase or, or the um, the way of orienting to life that is always looking for the problem and looking for like how you are being harmed, wronged, uh, inconvenienced, mm-hmm. fucked around with, or just unfairly at the mercy of life doing its thing. Um, you're offering a secret side door that's not a meditation practice. I mean, perhaps this is a, a kind of meditation, but it's like, again, it's it's a playful way outside of these kind of labels of like yeah. spiritual practice, sitting and meditating, journaling, going to therapy, right? We love those things. And they are rigid like the structures of the gym can be. Yeah, And you're offering this like, secret sort of, um, way that's like, um, yes. Okay. Maybe you are in a situation where you are, you have your back up against the wall, physically, metaphorically, spiritually, psychically. What are your elbows doing right now? What are your ass cheeks (laughs) doing right now? You know, and it's a way that sort of immediately, like, it's like this cat that's next to me is like batting everything off the table as we're talking. And I'm like, it's a way of batting, the kind of like usual stumbling blocks of like, oh, here we go again. My life sucks right now because I have to do X or this uh, circumstance, like whatever someone is, is really up against or kind of has the typical stop biting the computer cord. No, no, no. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I love that as a way to circumnavigate those kind of well-worn patterns of Mm -hmm. like stuckness definitely you know one thing we didn't really get into here but that that has felt important is when you mentioned playful language to me that I you thought you see that I use playful phrases like to like constructive misbehavior and I do that with myself I do that when I'm teaching and just simply renaming a thing that you are doing that you or that you have to do or it doesn't matter if it's in the middle of an exercise and you want to go a little bit harder or something you're like oh this is the grind time or like you just give it a name that has like a particular kind of spark that changes mm. your expectations around what it is like I have to clean this hallway out here and I'm like I kind of have to like give it a name for this experience that's gonna that's gonna happen Pending like, the corridor. <laughs> yeah. Operation shit be gone, you know, like, and I just make it like, it's like I have 40 minutes to do operation shit be gone. It's different than like, you know, I'm so aggravated that I have to clean this hallway, which I am because it's not my stuff, <laughs> but, uh-huh. but, it, but I am, there's an aggravation, but if it's operation shit be gone, it just is like, I read the jolly comes in and like, it will get done and I will have more fun doing it. So Mm. rename it that's a reframe it rename it um and maybe the more familiar something is the more it needs to be renamed oh yo wow it's occurring to me that like um 
I, I also second what you said earlier of like spiritual practice. Like, what does that even mean? Like it's in the show notes of like, that's what I want to fucking talk about in here. But I'm like, truly, what does that mean? But like, what, what are the things that make your spirit come alive and, and be like, aha, here is the surge of Mm -hmm. life force energy. And it, um, I I won't name this for you, but I, I feel what I'm hearing you say is like, play is so instrumental for you to, um, like shatter business as usual in any kind of capacity of engaging with life. And you're like, where is the play? You have this amazing, I will like never forget. This is one of the first things I saw on your, um, in your Instagram world, like in the, the little bubbles at the top, the highlights, you have this thing where you're like, you, you've like taken over a, a massive playground and you're like mad because there's all this signage that's like <laughs> right. only so if I'm remembering right, it's like only children you're like yeah it's like you can't be over like you know 15 or 12 I don't know 13 or something whatever children you know for for their safety and protection right we understand why but like you're like but where's the playground for the adults like, it's fine if we need to have like a, a, a sequestered space to protect the children, but like, we need this too, like, because yeah. actually it's the thing that will keep our spirits alive is to be able to play. Right. Which I legitimately am frustrated about, but like in that video, what I, I videotaped myself like stomping in circles around the playground, like, like, ah, like this is an outrage. <laughs> in a rage on the part that the adults can stand on but by like doing that like amplifying it it is so yes um playfulness and wind on my skin that's always a good one wind on your skin and you know what if you're not outside you should move your hands around in space until you feel wind on your skin and wind on your face and then you'll be like oh there it is you know spirit that's my spirit (laughs) flail your limbs around Mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. a, that's one so yeah mm. uh that'll be part of the gym takeover i forgot what we named it but we'll have to come up with our list for um uh, i probably for... wrote it down somewhere uh jolly jolly was on the jolly at the jolly at the gym <laughs> jolly, yeah yep for amazing 18 plus um okay do this is the time where we will open the floor back to you if there are things stuff and things that you would like the people to know about obviously everyone is going to immediately go look at all things marlo on the internet sign up for your juicy newsletter you do write a fucking great newsletter i receive a lot of newsletters that i don't (laughs) need to read yes oh thank you everybody should tell a newsletter um but what else but, um, what else do we want to tell the people yeah well i mean if you're a pole dancer i definitely have the most things that can serve your pole dancing quest even if you're not and you'd like to give it a little give a little try i got some things related to that um there's lots of diy courses on my website um but uh if you are not a pole dancer but you like the prospect of spending a lot of time writhing on the floor and potentially Mm. guiding other people to do that. I run a thing called the floor flow teacher training, which the short story of what that is, is uh, that we use floor work as the modality for ways that you can lead movement. They give people enough of a framework 
to confident, really confidently rely on that they know what they should. I'm putting air quotes up. They know what they should do. Like they have, they have a thing, they have an assignment, but then there's a, there's ultimately infinite creative range within that, uh, assignment. Um, we are teaching and exploring going bypassing like the cognitive learning process and going right into like your body knows this sequence of events and you just get to loop through it in a you know a sort of incantation way Mm. of sensuous or animalistic or just freaking weird ways of moving with the floor it's kind of whatever you want to be but people who have gone through the program sometimes bring it into their yoga classes sometimes people bring it into like kettlebells you can can bring it into anything really but um people benefit from realizing that they could probably say a lot less in their instruction and meet people through less explaining Mm. and uh and that the floor is a place where people tend to feel more willing to begin moving outside the norm than standing. So if you're somebody interested mm. in expressive movement, creative movement, and you tend to do that work standing, um, the floor can be a really good place to help people feel safe doing that. Mm. So It's very interesting to me that you do not, um, this is the way that I engage, like what you're describing, just like really tuning into the language that you're using to describe um, the guiding practice of helping people to be extraordinarily intimate with their unique movement capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the thing that's most exciting to me personally. Um, but it's very interesting that you do not use the word improvisation. No, you did not use I it don't. just now and you do not mm-hmm. use it in any of your copy. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think I know why, but I'm curious of just yeah or dance for the most part, even uh-huh. dance, even for myself. Um, yeah, it it, is, it it it's usually loaded in the direction of intimidating for for most people, and um, <clears throat> I mean I'll just put like what I do more is like give you little sandboxes, like stay in your sandbox, <laughs> use these molds. You can assemble them like this, but you could also <laughs> destroy what you, what I suggested, you know, and 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 enjoy yourself in the sandbox. So, um, yeah, and I think it, I look for language that is less loaded, and sometimes that's also with the renaming of things. Is not a to ever like disrespect lineage or something like that like where things come from but it is to like lighten the load of of what the expectations are what something means or and especially how it should look like because often people think if an improvisation should look like a thing dance should look like a thing Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. if i don't know like a sandbox it just came to me but it's like you can people you can see like somebody's so in their world in their sandbox they are they are Playing. almost encapsulated in their in their play space um mm. so yeah yeah wow beautiful right you're helping people rename the hard thing which mm-hmm. is 
like dance either because you learn at an early age either you are a good dancer or you're not a dancer um yeah and rename the hard thing because it's actually not hard right it's actually not hard like okay keep your feet on the floor and like shift from back to front and side to side and all in a circle now mix and match like that is that is not a hard thing for anyone who can can visualize those directions and can feel their feet on the floor then like that is not a that is not a big ask but if i call it improvise weight transfers within your feet <laughs> you know feel feel the the your fat pads shape changing which i might say it's to some at some point you know but uh not a starting point mm. or just be like ooh play with your squish shift your squish and then it's like oh, okay yeah we're doing a squish quest right now make this part squishy now make that part squishy and then it's like again it lightens the the mood even if it's it could be something particularly deep or technical somehow the somehow the the lightening with the language usually does a better job of summarizing what i'm what i'm actually mm -hmm. hoping people will do mm -hmm. and leaving more to the amount it's like you're by keeping the language light and sparser it gives more room for it like taps on the door of other people's imaginations and says, mm -hmm. this is actually not a task. This is not a, an assignment for you to do or get right. It is an invitation for your imagination to like hop behind the wheel. But if someone needs it to be an assignment, I will give it to them that way. <laughs> I want you to set the timer for one minute of shifting your squish. Mm. And so for you, this whole sort of world of what is not called improvisation, but asking people to improvise, right? Or to be connect with their impulses um, spontaneously and with pleasure and curiosity and play. Uh, for you, this is all sort of under the house of flow movement or floor flow. Like that's the language that you've really kind of wrapped yeah. your arms around the thing. Yeah, I mean, within floor flow, it's 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 rarely ever really really open container. People who want it to be really open, they know they can take it that way. But I do provide a, some framework with, uh, a, you know, something to loop through. There's some uh, certain positions that you might pa pass through, like landmarks mm -hmm. that you keep revisiting when you're on a trail, or particular verbs that you keep doing. Let's say like. Um, wave turn foot you know and you might either use say those three words to yourself and you keep following them what happens when you're wave turn foot wave turn foot something like that mm. but there's a there's something that you can take continually recite but you might stay at a, at a site and stay a while like you might be just enjoying the the terrain of a wave for a very long time and going a little off trail and so so it that's there's always a framework that people have to rely on. And that is what we do in the, in floor flow teacher training. But that is, yeah, one of the primary offers that come under that flow movement umbrella, which who knows what that is stuff that Marlo <laughs> thinks of, but yeah. Beautiful. So if there's any, if there's folks out here who are listening and are like, wow, I really want to wave turn foot with Marlo's so bad, but I don't teach people. <laughs> I'm not a teacher. Yeah. Um, are there ways that people can wave turn foot? with you um yeah some 
some there's there's some DIY courses. There's not a mm-hmm. lot. Uh, I'll be honestly like right now available if you're not a teacher or a pole dancer. Um, but early next year, there's some plans for that. If you like Zoom learning, you like being what's the opposite of asynchronous? Synchronous, <laughs> same time learning. You like that kind of learning? <laughs> yeah, um, that the, there'll be some of that. Um, but a lot of people actually do the teacher training that don't teach. They just want to play. Totally. So. Oh, yeah, Beautiful. those are things that exist. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Marlo, I feel so deeply anointed and blessed to hear <laughs> your words in this makeshift podcast studio that we have assembled together. Um, yeah, thanks for being here. Thank you. I am I am excited for what this already is and what it is becoming because you and words are a uh, like a spectacular thing to experience the the words mm. that you put together i mean it's it literally in your name um but that was what i saw when i encountered encountered you i was like yes to the words because um they just land you know they like mm. they 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 hit me in the yeses and um i consider myself a good barometer <laughs> naming you're a a class a namer and renamer so i will take that as high marks yeah yeah like the words the words the words um and what a great what a great format for this thank you yes beautiful hey y'all thanks so much for tuning in i hope you enjoyed this episode with marlo as much as i did and hopefully you found some tender little morsels of wisdom, some tools that you can take with you that help you feel a little bit more creatively saturated, a little bit more in your body, and a little bit more full of some zest and verve for life. It would mean so much if you shared this episode with someone who you think could really benefit from this interview as well. And please do the thing where you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. I know literally every podcast host asks this of you, um, but it's because it really makes a difference, you know? All right, sing me your song. Whisper, whisper.